What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Faces Take Podcast on a wonderful week in September. The weather is beautiful. Football is in full swing. The NBA playoffs are getting close to a close. The NHL playoffs are getting close to a close. The MLB playoffs are not here yet, but... By the time we are rolled through these other two, they'll be getting a little bit closer. But all in all, just a great time to be a sports fan and a great time to be listening to the Faces Take Podcast. All the time is a great time to be listening to the Faces Take Podcast. I got a great show for you guys today. No fast facts this week. Kind of just knew that I was going to have a full lineup. Besides that, I don't want to just drag the show out uh, longer than it needs to be. So no fast facts this week. Jackson's back on uh, for a new segment. Technically, it was last week, but it now has a name. It's called Who You Got. Uh, So Jackson and I are going to be debating a couple games in the upcoming week. One of them was last night, if you're listening to this on Friday. So Bengals, Browns. Jackson and I differed on that, so we'll see who comes out on top. The NBA playoffs, like I said, are coming to a close. We have made it to the conference final round, and spoiler alert, I was 4 for 4 last round, so I'm going to go ahead and give you my picks uh, for the conference final round to see who's going to make it into the NBA finals. But that's enough of me jabbering at you about what's going to happen. Let's not waste any time. Without further ado, let's get right into the show. Break it down for us. Who you got? Who you got? Who you got? No question they're the better team. You are out of your mind if you think they even have a chance in this game. That's right, guys. Welcome back to week two of Who You Got. We officially have a name for our segment, Who You Got with Jake and Jackson, I hope you guys enjoyed the intro, but week one went well. Jackson, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, by the time this this whole season is over, it's going to be my show because I will have blown you out with all these picks. Already off to a great start, up up by one, you know? Yeah, Jackson. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. Week one, Jackson did take the win because of that extremely decisive missed field goal and offensive pass interference against AJ Mm -hmm. Green. That was soft in my opinion, Uh, but he does take a 10 to nine lead right now. Jackson sitting at 62.5% accuracy and I'm sitting at 56.25. Both of those numbers are higher than Baker Mayfield's completion percentage last week, which uh, I will get into uh, as we start our first argument slash debate. We disagreed on three games this week. 
okay? The first one, we'll get right into it, the Bengals and the Browns. You know it. I took the Bengals again. I bet with them last week, and I was not disappointed in the way that the entire team played. I was disappointed that an NFL kicker managed to miss a 33-yard field goal by 20 yards to the right uh, and then faked an injury afterwards because during the game, (laughs) he actually – listen, he grabbed – after he kicked the ball, he grabbed his right leg, that his right leg was hurt. And when they asked him after the game what happened, he said that he had hurt his left calf. But he grabbed his right leg after he kicked. And whenever they listed his injury, when they put him on the IR, they listed him as calves, plural. Uh, I don't know how you (laughs) hurt both of your calves when you're kicking a football, but nonetheless, I think he faked the injury because he blew it. But we're riding with the Bengals again. And I'm going to start off, uh, I'm going to go and tell you why I picked the Bengals because I didn't, I'm not exactly going to tell you why the the Bengals are going to win, but I'm going to tell you why the Browns are going to lose. Jay, can I can I cut in here real quick? So last last week we uh we did it with you saying all of your arguments, me saying all of my arguments, maybe a little bit of jibber jabber in between, but yep. Um, do you have a couple points? Is that how you have it? Yeah, I kind of have it listed out. Um, different for every game, but a few points. Yeah. All right. So I think that after each of your points, we should then like you should let me have like a sentence or two. Just to say my thoughts on that. And then okay. you, the same okay. with me. Let's get civilized. So I, don't have to listen to, so I don't have to listen to all your BS and then... Let's get civilized know. up in this podcast. Okay, I'm, I'm vibing with that. Um, so I, I'll, go, I'll go through a point and then I'll tell you when I'm done with that one and you can respond to it. Sound good? Yes, sir. All right, like I said, I'm not going to tell you why the Bengals are a great team and why they're awesome and why they're going to win this game. Uh, I'm really just going to tell you why the Browns are going to lose this game, okay? We're starting off uh, with the Browns in general. Baker Mayfield last week, like I said, his passing uh, completion percentage was 54%, just about, a little bit under 54%, 54%, actually. Joe Burrow, 64%, 10% higher than Baker Mayfield, who, when he's good, is decent but when he is bad he is bad baker mayfield has shown in his rookie season that he can be a good quarterback a decent leader but then he has also shown ever since the end of his rookie season that he is not exactly all that and a bag of chips also on the browns and what will cause them to lose this matchup their biggest weapon last week is now on the ir david njoku had their only touchdown He had 50 receiving yards. Um, They only scored six points uh, in that one, and he was responsible for those six. He is out this week um, on the injured reserve. They are stuck with Odell and Jarvis. Now, in 2017, you might have said, bro, they're stuck with Odell and Jarvis. How are you stuck with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry? But this is 2020. That does not carry the same amount of weight. Okay, Odell and Jarvis are not at the level that they used to be. Jarvis was their number one receiver last game uh, and played decent. Similar to what A.J. Green put up last week. Um, But Odell was just not all there. He hasn't been all there ever since the spotlight hit him um, back with the Giants. Uh, But finishing out this point uh, about why I think that the Browns are not as good is I was going to talk about their defense. 
but I'm not going to torch their defense because they did play arguably one of the best offenses in the NFL last week. So it's kind of unfair to judge them based on that. But that is why I feel the Browns are at a loss. Okay, first of all, let me just say, you just said that Odell is what, – what, what were the words you used? Not up to where he used to be. Okay, so basically you're saying he's not good. He's I not didn't say very, he's not good. Okay, but you're saying he's not a, a factor. I'm saying that after the catch and after the season following the catch, the spotlight hit him and his game has definitely reflected it. Okay, so let me point out that last week – you were talking all of this stuff about how great A.J. Green was. You just talked trash on Odell and then said he's about the same as A.J. Green. I'm just saying, that's not a point on mine. I'm just... I can see where I you're coming didn't. from. I can see where you're coming yeah, yeah, from. Yeah. All right, so anyway, you took one of my points on that. Um, Cleveland, I mean, did we really expect them to do anything last week? Did we? No. Baltimore, we, number two, possibly number one defense in the league. Yeah, exactly. And the Chargers defense... They're, they're missing their best player in Derwin James. They have Joey Bosa. They have uh, Casey Hayward, I think his name is. He had a great week. Their defense is not nearly as good as um, Baltimore's. So the fact that the Bengals were closer in that game than Cleveland was in the Baltimore game doesn't really – I'm not going to really, factor uh, that in. Obviously, right, exactly. it was a little bit more of an even matchup, the Bengals and the Chargers, than the Browns and the freaking Ravens. So, Yeah, and I just I, – I, I need to point out, the Browns, you did say they, they lost David Njoku. They have a great tight end still. Do they not? Who did they trade for or sign in free agency? What's his name? Uh, the Atlanta guy. I don't even yeah, remember see, his name. He can't be that good if you don't know his name. He literally was in the Pro Bowl. Austin Hooper, that's his name. Yeah. He was in the Pro Bowl, I'm pretty sure, last year. When was the last tenant. time you saw Austin Hooper, Hooper drafted in a fantasy league? What? Never, because he's not that good. I no had him last him year. Up. I had him last year, and he was good. How'd he perform? Actually, really good. Was he in your starting lineup on a week-to-week basis? Yes. Okay. Yes, he was. Interesting. All right. Questionable to and also, the Browns. They actually have a great duo at running back. Their running back combo uh, is solid, but you're you're leading me into my next uh, into my it. next Go next segment it. here because I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, and I think I have something to say to that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me tell you why the Bengals are good because I've been bashing the Browns, but I haven't been lifting up the Bengals uh, like I should be. So the Bengals on offense. Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon are getting a lot of touches, 27 in total last week. Like I told you, Joe Burrow is an athlete. He may be a white guy, but people don't think that he can run (laughs) with the ball. He did run for a score. They had a total of 115 yards and one touchdown between Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. But like I said, I'm more excited for their receivers because A.J. Green got five catches. Tyler Boyd had four catches. C.J. Uzma showed up, had four catches. Giovanni Bernard coming out of the backfield with four catches. Joe Burrow is spreading the ball across that offense. He's getting everyone their touches, and he's getting everyone involved in the game, and it worked out well for him in the end. A.J. Green should have had six catches, but the last one got disallowed. 193 total passing yards, 122 total rushing yards. I think they'll be even better than that against the Browns. Now, the Bengals' defense last week, 
held Austin Eckler, a guy that you said is a beast, held him to 84 rushing yards and no scores. He did nothing. They faced 39 carries and only allowed an average of four yards per carry because of that dominant defensive line I told you about, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlop. I think they'll do almost as well. Obviously, there's a difference between Austin Eckler and then you get to a duo like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But the fact that they held Austin Eckler to no scores in 84 yards shows that that D-line is willing to stop the run, and I think that it will slow down a slightly, I wouldn't even say hot, but a warm Cleveland offense. Okay. So did you point out – I might have missed it. Did you point out um, how they – the who am I talking about? That the Bengals rushed well against uh, Los Angeles? I said that Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon both had decent yardages. I did not say that rushing was their strong, so I said I was more excited about no, their no. passing. Okay, so the Ravens clobbered the Browns, correct? Uh, correct. It was a blow. Scored a crazy amount of points. I don't know the exact number. I think it was, I think it was 30-something. Yeah, okay. Did you know that the Ravens only had 108 rushing yards? Okay. So the Browns defense. I did know that because I uh, started Mark Ingram in fantasy and he got very little points. Yeah. The Browns defense did, did shut down the, the Ravens running game. Now that's against Lamar Jackson. That's pretty impressive, but that's probably not um, going to be the same case with the Bengals because they don't, aren't facing like a top running team. Right. You know what I mean? Like they don't rush. They don't base their offense right around rushing. Right. But they, they, can, um, they can spend less of their time worrying about the rushing and more on playing actual defense, which, which they, they did not lacked do. doing last week as Mark Andrews went off. But can you really blame them? I mean, it's Baltimore. They have the best defense and the best offense, honestly, in the league, at least top two or three. I mean, you can't, you can't look at Cleveland in that last game and say that their season is over, they're trash, they're back to the normal Browns. You can't. Right. They How did face a tough week one opponent. But listen. And the Bengals faced the Chargers. The Chargers, well, you I were they were going to be good. You were hyping up the Chargers. They still won, didn't they? Because of a shanked field I'm, goal I'm and very, a missed call. I don't care. Anyways. There's multiple teams that lost off of bad calls this week. That's not my problem. But look at what Mark Andrews did to the, to the Browns' defense. C.J. Uzma is showing up in the same way. Joe Burrow is liking his tight end, just like Lamar Jackson is now liking his tight end. You're really and, comparing Mark Andrews and C.J. Uzma, whoever the hell that is? Yes, I am. Okay. Because okay. at the end of the day, they're both big guys. They both play in a crucial tight end position. Tight end, I would argue, is probably the most important offensive position uh, in football. Because you look at last year uh, in the Super Bowl. Who was in the Super Bowl? The 49ers and the Chiefs that had the number one and number two tight ends on their teams. If you have a good tight end, you're set. And if you can get your tight end working, you're set. That's why the Ravens smacked up on the Browns so much. And that's why the Bengals are going to smack up on them this week. Because C.J. Uzma is demonstrating some good qualities. Okay. Um, I, think, I think we've hit a wall with all of our arguments. But I will say... I was impressed with Joe Burrow. I think he looked he looked good. 
But besides the had, beard, not actually looking good. The beard is a oh bad no, look. He, he didn't look good. He looked a, a little bit dirty with he that. Needs beard. to shave that. But he did have some sloppy plays, which you can expect. Which, yeah. But will the Browns take advantage of that? I don't know. I don't know. One thing is that they're both both of these teams. The Browns are figuring out coaching with Stefanski, and now the Bengals are figuring out their new centerpiece and Joe Burrow. Both of these teams are confused and don't know where they're at. So one of them will find their way this week and the other one will be left at 0-2. And either I will be two games up on you or we will be back to a tie because whenever you guys are listening to this, you will know. Because yeah, this, this is true. This game is tomorrow night. I almost forgot that. By that point, Jackson will be up to or will be tied. But these other two games could be separators as well. Would you like to lead off on the Bears and the Giants? You know what, Jake? I would. I would. I'm a good host. I mean, I don't I'm know a good that. host. <laughs> don't argue about it. Let's go. <clears throat> okay. So I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to say Saquon was not good. The O-line was not good. The O-line is terrible. I'm not going to say Saquon was not good. Okay, good. <laughs> Saquon is going to have a bounce back game. I can tell you that much right now. I can tell you that much right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also another thing that you're going to say, Mitch Trubisky, he looked pretty good. He mm-hmm. looked pretty good. Did mm-hmm. he? Yeah, he looked great. Um, His passer rating in the first three quarters was 65.1. Ain't about how you start. It's about how you finish, baby. Jake, they played the Lions. The Lions gave up an insane amount of games last year whenever they had the lead. That's just what they do. That's what the Detroit Lions do, okay? And they, they lost it in the fourth quarter. Yep, pretty bad. Too. So I, I don't want to give too much credit to that. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is as bad as everybody thought he was going into the season, but I don't want to base his success off of that one fourth quarter against the choking Lions. Any, any comments on that? Um. I mean, I could, I could start off. Look, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't have too many numbers to back up my pick with the Bears, okay? I don't need too many numbers. I have some, but I am heavily banking on the resilience that I saw from the fourth quarter Bears. You say his passer rating in the first three quarters sucked. Do you happen to have his passer rating in the fourth quarter handy? 143.3, yes. Oh, my gosh. Mitch Trubisky finally demonstrated good qualities. No picks, not a single interception all game from Mitch Trubisky. Three touchdowns. Not many quarterbacks threw for three touchdowns in week one. And a fourth quarter, 21-point comeback. Not just a credit to the offense. The defense allowed zero fourth quarter points. The Bears scored 21 unanswered. They're going to carry that in. And if you want to say, are you going to talk more about the Giants uh, O-line and Saquon situation? Because I could, I could rant on that. Hey, go for your rant. I don't have much on this game either. There's not really much. These two teams are not the best teams. Yeah. I think they're both up and coming, but go for it. I, I'm just going to say, not only am I banking on the Bears' resilience, I'm banking on the Giants' O-line sucking as bad as they did last week. If you cannot block well enough for Saquon Barkley, 
Saquon freaking Barkley. If you cannot block well enough for him to break 10 yards in 15 carries, you have some issues. 15 attempts for six yards. They also can't give Daniel Jones more than three quarters of a second to get a pass. So he threw two bad picks. One of them could have been avoided if he had some protection whatsoever. Okay. This Bears team is coming off of a hell of a game. They have the momentum on their side. This Giants team is coming off of a smack on Monday night. Not only, I mean, that they got smacked. They got smacked on Monday night. It's not easy to lose on Monday and Thursday because everyone's watching. And I'm thinking that it's going to be the same situation when they go up against a hot Bears team. Yeah, I just it, – it blows my – it literally blows my mind Explore. how much you, – you literally changed your pick last week because Mitch Trubisky was starting. Mm-hmm. And you talked about how, how terrible he was. Mm-hmm. Everyone, and now all of a sudden he has one good quarter, literally going, 15 minutes. Going into week one, I think I am not alone in saying that Mitch Trubisky was crap. Mitch Trubisky was viewed as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But maybe all he needed was Nick Foles. All he needed was that push to be good. He didn't have where to was, be good Where before. was Nick Foles in the first three quarters then? Where was that push in the first three quarters? But this is what you're not seeing. They couldn't do anything. Mitch Trubisky never had a fourth quarter push last year. He never had any, any comebacks. Any Mitch Trubisky did this. But now he's got Nick Foles in there coming after his job. He's like, oh, crap. I got to play now. And now he's playing. Playing not great, but playing well enough to beat the Giants. I'm not going to go any more past this week. I'm not going to go past this week, but Mitch Trubisky is playing well enough to beat the Giants, and I don't doubt that for a second. I don't buy it. I don't. You don't? I don't buy it. That's all I got. I just, I'm, I'm not taking Mitch Trubisky's heroic fourth quarter comeback as as um, much as you are. Like, I'm not taking it to as high of a standard as you are. I guess. Understandable. I it's not a lot to work with, but neither of these teams have a lot to work with. I mean, the Giants' defense, they had some good, they had some good stops. <clears throat> a few. Leonard Daniel Williams is, Daniel is Jones one of the best defensive linemen in the league. Daniel Jones looked good, but his receivers couldn't catch the ball. Evan Ingram is dropping passes that your little brother Cole could catch. I don't know if I'd go that far, but <clears throat> but he's dropping passes that should be caught. So no matter if Daniel Jones is playing at a high level, his receivers aren't doing him any justice, and neither is his O line. So well, we will just have to wait and see. Are you ready to move into the last game? Which the last game is finally two good teams. Yeah. To be yeah. totally honest, neither of these teams are bad. So far, we've only argued about crappy teams, but I, I actually think both of these teams mm. could could be good this year if they get on hot streaks. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think the the uh, this by the way, um, this game is oh, the yeah, Falcons and the Cowboys. It. We should probably tell them who it is. Uh, the Falcons <laughs> and the Cowboys is our last game that we disagreed on. Um, the Falcons definitely have a little bit of a tougher road um, in terms of division. Um, the Cowboys being in the worst division in the NFL and the Falcons now being in one of the best uh, with the addition of Tom Brady to it. Um, 
<clears throat> so you want to go ahead and start off? You want to, you know, we've done, we've done, um, I've started one, you've started one. Uh, how would you like to decide who starts the last one? Jake, why don't you start this one? Oh, you are too kind. You are too kind. Don't mind if I do. This Falcons offense, by the way, I picked the Falcons. Okay. This Falcons offense that put up 506 total yards last week against the Seattle Seahawks is nothing to scoff at. The Seattle Seahawks are currently being looked at as a possible winner of the NFC West, one of the more difficult divisions in the NFL. And they put up 506 yards on them. They had two receivers go for 130 plus in the yards category. You had one of them on your fantasy team. I had the other one on mine. Luckily, mine happened to be Julio Jones, who had a little bit more. But both of them played great, and I'm starting Calvin Ridley this week in a different <laughs> league. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, throwing for 69% just about last week on 54 attempts. He threw the ball 54 times, and he managed to keep a 69 com- completion percentage. Todd Gurley got the rock 14 times and got 56 yards. Not great. It's definitely <laughs> not great, but they were going, they're now going up against the Cowboys team that just let Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers, two guys that haven't even established their credibility in the NFL yet run all over them. I would say if you interviewed football fans, a lot of them probably knew Cam Akers because he's new. I had no idea who Malcolm Brown was coming into this week. Seriously. Really? Never heard of him. Okay, well, I have, and I think that he should have been expected to be good this year. I mean, seriously? But just the fact that they dominated and the Cowboys just showed that they really can't stop the run and they can't stop the big backs. Now Todd Gurley's going to come out and have a game. The Falcons demonstrated that they're ready to get a lot of yards, and the Cowboys proved that they're willing to give up a lot of yards as they gave up, I believe, 422 against the Rams who beat them uh if you would like by to three respond. by three they beat them by three in a game that they should have won they lost if you'd like to respond that's the end of that point for me yeah so i think the rams looked good did they not they did, they did. they're, they're running the their rushing this. game yeah their rushing game looked good like you said with malcolm brown who you had not heard of i had um and honestly, their offense did look pretty good. They had a lot of yards, like you said. Yeah. They only scored 20 points. Only? Yeah. What was the over-under in that game? Do you have any? I won't, you probably don't know. I'm going to look. I don't do betting. As you're but anyway, talking. they scored 20 points. Cowboys scored 17. With or without that pass interference, they could have won the game. Who cares? Not worried about that. The Cowboys were in the game right at the end with that play against the Rams, who, who might I say, looked a little bit like the old Rams. Those 2016, 2017, I forget what year it was, those 2017 Rams. When they were, when they were bad or when they were good? No, when they were good. I think that's twenty. Whenever they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I believe that's 2018. Okay. I don't know my years. But I think that the, the Cowboys impressed against the Rams because – with how good the Rams were, especially their offense, they they should have got blown out. So that's that's what I got to say about that. Let me let me tell you 
one thing that you bring up. You said that they were in the game. They were in the game. But this is where one of their other flaws comes into play that I hit on. Coaching. You are down by three points inside the 15-yard line on fourth down and three. Kick the field goal. Save your defense a little bit of pressure and kick the field goal. Mike McCarthy is still figuring out how things work in Dallas. And not and let alone, if you're going to throw it, don't throw it to a guy that's less than 200 pounds and expect him not to get blown up. <laughs> they threw a drag route on fourth and three. What is that? Horrible play call. Um, I mean, if – I think it's a bad decision. That was up for debate the next day on ESPN. I think it's a bad decision to go for it. I think they should have taken the field goal anyways. But even if you're going to go for it, call the right play. I mean, anytime you have a new coach, even with an experienced guy like Mike McCarthy, who's won – did he – was he on the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl uh, winning team? Yes, he who's was. Who's won Super Bowl, Super Bowl and knows what's going on. There's still going to be some wrinkles that you have to figure out. If the Cowboys, and I said, the key to the Cowboys win, if they want to win this game against the Falcons, is going to be passing the football. Because that's the reason that Seattle, and, and that's something that you wouldn't expect for Dallas, because everyone says right now, oh, the, the reason that the way that Dallas is going to win is if they utilize Zeke and they run the football. It's not going to work this week. They need to pass because Atlanta has proven that they cannot stop to pass as Seattle passed for, I believe, over 300-something yards uh, on them last week. Okay? Atlanta stopped the run. They held um, Chris Carson and others for less than, <laughs> than 85 yards. Okay, if Dallas wants to win, they need to pass the ball, but it doesn't seem like they really want to do that well until the fourth quarter. So – Go ahead. So let me, let me respond to two things that you said. So first of all, the run game, Chris Carson and Zeke, not even near each other. Zeke is on a much higher level than him. Let me say that. And he had 127 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns against the Rams who have a very good defense and very good defensive line. But his touchdowns, uh, one of them did come off of the pass. I'll let you know. I'll say that. They need to pass the ball. That's right. a pass. There you go. That's what I'm saying. They and also, the ball. their three wide receiver tandem that they got going on in Dallas. CD, uh, Amari, and who else? Michael Gallup. Okay. Yeah. They all had 50 yards, so they're getting there. They're, they're learning how to spread the ball among the three of them. Right? And you even said it. You said Mike McCarthy is just getting going with the, the Cowboys trying to figure it out. So, with every week – comes more learning for him and the the new the new Dallas Cowboys the new Dallas Cowboys I love those Dallas how about them Cowboys so more learning they will have learned what their offense is going to be at least to a certain extent in that first game Zeke looked good all three wide receivers had had fifty yards or more should have been. I, um... Michael Gallup should have probably had about a hundred, uh, but Jalen Ramsey uh, sucks. We'll get in. We we won't get into that because we both feel the same way about that that play call or that yes, uh, we did. that yes, we did. that call. Anyways, but I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's going to be a good game. But I just feel like this Falcons offense, if they stay as hot as they were, is going to torch this Cowboys defense. 
Well, I think that if they're going to torch this Cowboys defense, then their defense is going to have to really step up because Seahawks, they are a talented team. Russell Wilson, insanely talented. He and they could did be score the MVP this points. year. Wouldn't be surprised. But his weapons around him, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they're good wide receivers. Dallas has three good wide receivers, so they're about even on that. And Zeke is much better than Chris Carson. Yep. And they let 38 points. Now, will Dak step up? I don't know. I, see, I think he does. I think he does. For anyone that pays attention to sports betting or takes part uh, in that, unfortunately, here in Missouri, uh, we do not have that. Um, it's going to influence my vote for the governor for the next few years. I only want my only qualification. If you would like to be governor of Missouri is that you will legalize sports betting. Um, but our, our highest spread game, Jackson, uh, I don't know if you've been looking at the list, uh, I've been, been cheating on this one, but can you have a guess for what game you would think would be the highest point difference that they are predicting? I have no idea. Cause I don't look at any of that stuff. I don't, Okay, so out of that, all the I games... Would, I would guess the Chiefs and Chargers. Solid guess, but it is actually the Titans and the Jaguars. The Titans are favored by a whopping 11 points, which is <laughs> the next closest, I believe, is the Bucks over the Panthers by 8.5. Which I don't, I don't think that's going to be that... And the Chiefs that much over the Chargers. They spread. I, think, I think that Panthers-Buccaneers game is actually going to be better than people would think, actually. Yeah, I do too. I was very tempted to um, bet against the Bucks because Tom Brady had quite an awful um, opening week. As as yeah. as great as that was to watch, um, I still did pick them against the Panthers. You wanna you wanna say something real quick about the Saints and Raiders game on Monday night? <laughs> okay, so you, let's you make wanted it, me to switch my pick. Let's make it clear. Okay, we both picked the Saints because they're going to win. I Jackson, being a Raiders fan, wanted to pick the Raiders. He he thinks that they could win now that Michael Thomas is out, uh, especially. Uh, but he didn't end up switching his pick. I was really hoping that he would, but he did not. I think the Saints are going to win that one, no question, without – Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas was not as much of a factor in week one as many people thought. The factor was Alvin Kamara. If Alvin Kamara gets hurt, then we'll talk. But Alvin Kamara is all over the field. He's in the passing game. He's in the running game. I wouldn't be surprised if he came out on defense and laid the boom. Okay, that man does everything. And the fact that they almost uh, did not reach an extension with him or they almost traded him, I believe they were shopping him for like three days, is unbelievable. But, um, yeah, Jackson does, as much as he refuses to admit it, does think that the Raiders are going to win that game. So, very excited for that hey, one. Also. It's going to be a good game. You can't say it's not going to be a good game. Is that Monday? That is. Monday night. Monday in night. In the new stadium in Las Vegas. Ooh. Wish I could be there. Oh, <laughs> uh, All right. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us argue a little bit more this week. Um, maybe Jackson takes a big lead. Uh, Jackson has the, the potential to go up by four games this week. Or I could switch it up and go up by three at the most. And Jackson, any last words before I cut it off? Thanks for listening. Yep. Let's get into the next segment. Okay. Like I was telling you guys in the intro, the NBA playoffs are coming to a close. We have reached the conference final round, which I perfectly predicted as of last round. We have the Nuggets and the Lakers in the West. We have the Heat and the Celtics in the East. Who will win? 
who will make it to the NBA Finals? Well, I'll tell you out of the West, as much as I advocated and believed in the Nuggets all the way through this point, many people thought they would not even break the first round, let alone beat the Clippers with playoff P, a.k.a. trash. Paul George, playoff P, call him whatever you want, trash. Kawhi, trash. None of them could do it. None of them could take away the momentum of the Denver Nuggets, which I unfortunately figured out the other day are owned by Stan Kroenke, which upset me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I was pulling for them, and they showed the the box uh, and the bubble. Two dudes standing there. They said there's the Nuggets ownership. The Cronkies, and I said, <clears throat> excuse me, you said the Cronkies, as in the Stan Cronkie, as in the Stan Cronkie that robbed my city of billions of dollars to go to LA to build a $5 billion stadium with a new logo that looks like crap? That's Stan Cronkie? Oh, yeah, okay. Noted. This will affect my decisions uh, in regards to the Denver Nuggets in the future, but they did not affect this round, okay? I didn't pick him to lose to the Lakers because of Stan Kroenke. I picked him to lose to the Lakers because they're not built like that. They were built like that against the Jazz. They were built like that against the Clippers, but they're not built like that against the Lakers, okay? A lot of people are saying Lakers in four, Lakers in five. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch, okay? This team is dominant right now. They're not going to go out there and get swept. That's not going to happen. But they are going to lose. I said that the Lakers would take it in six. Um, I mean, you look at simply looking at depth charts is not enough. But looking at the way that the Lakers have performed this year, how LeBron is performing in his not prime, I don't know what the word for that is. In the back half of his career, this season still averaging 25.3 points a game, 7.8 rebounds a game, 10.2 assists per game, first in the NBA. That's right, all you LeBron haters. LeBron James was first in the NBA in assists per game. Not Chris Paul, not Kyrie Irving, even though Kyrie had you know some issues throughout the year. Not Russell Westbrook. LeBron James is number one in assists per game. You got Anthony Davis, who, I mean, come on. It's Anthony Davis. In 2K, I was given, my player was given the option to make some free agency moves. So I picked up Anthony Davis because 26.1 points a game. 9.3 rebounds a game could be better. But, I mean, in terms of the playoffs, let's look at him here. The postseason this season, 10.9 rebounds a game, 4.1 assists, 27.6 points. He's dominating. The Lakers are dominating. The Nuggets are dominating. It's going to be a great series, but I think that the Lakers are definitely going to pull this one out in six. Okay, this next series, Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. 
This was difficult. Very difficult. These are two phenomenal teams. Two teams that I thought would come all this way from the first round. I said it back when the Celtics were playing the Sixers. That they had championship potential. The Heat have championship potential right now. They're both hot. The Celtics finished off a little bit shaky against Toronto. The Heat capped off the Bucks in what was that, five games? I mean, both these teams are playing phenomenal basketball. But the smart pick here has to be Boston. It has to be. Miami is great. Goran Dragic, legendary point guard. Jimmy Butler, ice cold. Bam Adebayo. Saved them game one with a tremendous block. Andre Iguodala, Max Kellerman would take him to take a game-winning shot over Steph Curry. I'm not saying that that's the correct choice because absolutely not. But someone is advocating for him. Tyler Hero, a young buck with some insane potential. Jay Crowder, a veteran who lights it up every night. The Heat have players. The Heat have the ability to contend. But Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice can drain threes. Boston's ability to spread the floor and to work the ball is second to few, if any. A guy like Jason Tatum, who is potentially going to be one of the best players in the NBA, who is currently one of the best players in the NBA, potentially will be the best in the NBA at a time. I just think that it's too much. I think that it's too much for this Heat team to handle. These guys have chemistry. These guys, besides Kemba, have been playing together for a while. And I think that they 100% could take this series, even though they lost game one. I think that they definitely could take this series. Um, I would put this one to seven games, 100%. No less than seven games. Um, but I think that the Celtics will end up taking this one. Well, finally, we've made it to the end of this insanely long episode. I'm not going to bore you with a super long outro because this has been a lengthy episode. Follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Fazy's Take. Keep up with what's going on. Hoping to become uh, a brand ambassador for SeatGeek soon. Probably not, but I applied. Who knows? Maybe we'll get the little discount code if any of you guys want to go uh, to a live event. That would be pretty dope to be able to put in my show. I would feel pretty cool saying that. But that's all we got for you today. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you stayed all the way to this point. If you stayed all the way to this point, you are a real fan, and I really appreciate you. And I hope you come back next week. This has been the Faces Take Podcast. <laughs>